Whiskey, whiskey. Welcome to episode 92 of The Whiskey Topic. I'm Mark Bylock, and uh, I do apologize for my voice. It's been a busy week this week with whiskey tastings. And, you know, usually if I do one tasting a week, uh, my voice is just fine. But after two, three, or four, uh, it tends to go. It uh, just really does tend to go. I feel like I, I, I end up uh, speaking either during the event, especially, um, or afterwards as well. And it just, uh, my voice tends to go away. Um, I did want to c- catch up with you. It's only, only me today, so we're doing things a little bit differently but um we've uh you know jamie and i um have been uh, scheduling uh our podcasts around her travel schedule which is getting pretty significant uh for belvini and um sometimes it makes it work sometimes we can't and uh though jamie was traveling we recorded a couple of podcasts in advance uh, i did have a couple of podcasts uh, scheduled uh but uh the guests it just simply wasn't working out and so i did want to release a podcast because sometimes you guys tend to uh yell at me if i'm not uh releasing a podcast regularly so i didn't want to say hello uh we are uh we've got a number of shows uh planned for the following weeks in fact i think we uh we're recording about several in the next uh two weeks um next week uh may 1st uh to may 4th uh glenford jameson and i are going to lexington now glenford has been on a couple of podcasts uh he's been on one of the original podcasts i think it was like number three uh when we uh first traveled to uh to kentucky and we recorded one at uh something like 2 a.m in the morning it's a really fun podcast to listen to we we, we might have had a little bit to drink. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, so Glenn and I are traveling to uh, Lexington. I'm doing an article there for Foodism uh, a Magazine about uh, bourbon and barbecue and the food there. And uh, that's going to be... Um, so, you know, we always say follow us on Instagram. Uh, that's a good week to follow us on Instagram. I think it'll be a lot of fun. Uh, it's, uh, you can follow me at uh, Mark Bylock, M-A-R-K-B-Y-L-O-K. And there's a, I'll have links to that in the show notes as well. So, because we're in Lexington, we're doing a number of interviews. Um, I'm looking forward to interviewing Moraine Barnes uh, from Castle and Key. She is the master distiller, the first woman master distiller in all of Kentucky. And uh, that distillery has a lot of history. That's the old Taylor distillery uh, that they uh, had to rename, I'm guessing, because Buffalo Trace, or Sazerac rather, owns the uh, Taylor uh, branding. Um, however, uh, not only is that distillery old, uh, I'm really excited to visit this because it's not yet open to the public, I don't believe. And the last time I was in Kentucky, we uh, we had a drone and we wanted to fly over the distillery. And uh, we just couldn't. There were guards. There were literally guards around the distillery. We did end up flying over other distilleries with the drone, and there's some uh, footage online of that, but we were not able to uh, fly over the old Taylor Distillery, and and you know they re- changed the rules since. So now, if you have a drone, you have to like register it with the FBI or something weird. I don't know. It's nothing we're going to be doing at any rate. Um, but I'm really looking forward to speaking to Marine Barnes uh, about their plans for Castle and Key because that's a, a very exciting project uh, for Kentucky. I'm also going to be uh, interviewing Freddie Johnson from Buffalo Trace. Uh, Freddie is the tour guide that uh, we constantly uh, talk about on the on the podcast. We're like, hey, if you go to Buffalo Trace, go go with the tour with Freddie. I'm sure all the other tour guides are equally great, um, uh, but Freddie's really more than a tour guide. Um, he's in a way a soul of the company. He's a third generation. Uh, uh, he's a third generation uh, employee and uh, just a wonderful man. Whenever I speak to him, whenever he's near me, I'm, I'm always smiling. So I'm looking forward to have a podcast with him. Uh, we, you know, we've we spent a lot of time with Freddie, but we seem to always um, not get to recording anything. So uh, this time around, we're gonna just we're gonna go there and we're gonna sit down with Freddie and have a, a and record that. 
Um, later that week, uh, we're back in Toronto, and Jamie and I are going to have a interview with Dr. Christy McCollum. Um, she's the master blender blender for Bunenheim and Tembermory and Ledoog. I probably pronounced most of those incorrectly. And then the week after, uh, Drew Mayville from Buffalo Trace. Uh, he's going to be in Toronto. So while we're in Buffalo Trace next week, uh, Drew's traveling that week, but he will be in Toronto the following week. So we're going to be doing an, uh, an interview with him. I think what's going to make this uh, interview a little bit more interesting is that every time we visit uh, Drew Mayville, um, we we get to raid his office a little bit, and you know he's always so kind and so nice to to let us uh, drink some of the rare whiskeys at, at his in his office. Now you think you know Drew Mayville, the master blender for Buffalo Trace, he can have anything he wants that that distillery has ever produced, but it's not true. I mean, there's a lot of products that they have in the lab that they use for, for, you know, quality control purposes, for testing purposes that they don't, um, you know, that that's specifically has that use. So it's not like he just has Pappy 23 in the office whenever he wants support. Well, um, the, he did have uh, Colonel E.H. Teller cured oak in his office um, when we were there the two times and the first time he you know saw we were really enjoying a specific drink and he's like oh you should try this bourbon and we did and we loved it and we really loved it and then when we came back um, you know we did a taste of you know the Buffalo Trace Antique Collection and, and some other rare rare releases and then Drew's like uh, you know do you guys want to try that cured oak again and we're like yes yes we do and you know we we pretty much between those two visits, uh, finished the bottle. So, um, this is going to be uh, payback for Drew because, um, I'm going to have, um, my whiskey cabinet open to him. And of course he's going to be able to drink whatever he wants. So I am very, very much looking forward to, uh, to having him on and seeing what he picks out. So it's a uh, Friday afternoon and I've uh, like, not only has the, uh, been a lot of tastings but also uh, a lot of work during the day um, and I'm starting to enjoy my first drink of the day and um, it's uh, going to be Elijah Craig Small Batch. Now Elijah Craig Small Batch uh, has been around in the U.S. for the past year. Uh, it is fairly new here in Ontario. Uh, we had a lot of, a lot of, and I mean a lot of Elijah Craig 12 year old uh, here way after uh, it was discontinued in the U.S. Um, probably because the LCBO bought a ton of cases. I'm sure they sell a ton of Elijah Craig. Um, you know, when I last reviewed Elijah Craig on the website whiskey.buzz, I looked at uh, the 12 year old and it was kind of like a you know late bottling of the 12 year old. And I knew we knew at the time that the H statement was likely to come off the bottle. Um, I remember writing that um, that I probably might prefer the younger um, non H statement Elijah Craig 12. And, you know, this is a good uh, topic of discussion because I think. Sometimes we uh, put a lot of stress on the age statements and not necessarily on the flavor of the whiskey. So uh, to me, the old Elijah Craig 12-year-old was a really good whiskey. I mean, I, I enjoyed it, uh, but it was in a, at its price point, it was in a very competitive marketplace. Uh, it had a lot of competition, and I found it a little oversweet, over-oaked. Uh, just, it just seemed like it spent too much time in barrels um, and just not in the right way. It wasn't maturing in, in a way that gives you complexity. The oak was starting to overpower the drink. Um, and so, you know, uh, maybe that's that's a sign that uh, Heaven Hill, who makes Elijah Craig, maybe they started getting, you know, uh, deep into their uh, 12-year-old barrels of whiskey and just were having trouble finding the super good stuff. And instead, uh, they discontinued the 12-year-old. Um, 
um, and replaced it with the small batch. Uh, that's a non-estamed whiskey, though. Um, from what they tell us, that it contains whiskey from ages 8 to 12 or 8 to 11. Um, and so, you know, it's essentially an 8-year-old bourbon, but it is still priced at similar prices to the 12-year-old. Um, here at the LCBO, the, uh, the checkout line doesn't know the difference. They just punch it in as Logicrec 12. Uh, but I gotta say, I really like the small batch. Um, I think it's gonna be a great drink over the summer. It's, uh, you know, my problem with the 12 uh, was that it was a little sweet, a little too sweet, a little too overworked, and that kind of sweetness, which is good. I love a, a sweeter bourbon, but I, I want there to be a lot of character through the middle and the finish. Um, so I want that initial hit of caramel um, and vanilla, but I do want the spiciness and zestiness and the some acidity to come through on the palate. And uh, Logic Craig 12 wasn't doing it for me, but the small batch is. Um, it is a stronger drink. I mean, it's the same proof level, but it just tastes like it has a little bit more alcohol. It tastes younger. You can definitely taste the youth. But with that youth comes more character and little. it just makes it a more interesting drink. Um, I don't know how it compares to whiskeys at its price point, though. I feel like I need to taste it side by side uh, with a few other uh, bourbons in the same price point because it's still, you know, it's a very competitive marketplace still. Um, but I don't know. I'm, uh, you know, I've only had a few glasses of this Elijah Craig small batch, but I'm really enjoying it. And I like the fact that, you know, we, we're seeing some of the positives of age statements being removed, such as, you know, a distillery bringing together a whiskey that has a lot more character. So uh, I'm going to end it here because I'm not really enjoying talking to myself. However, um, do follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Jamie's at Bourbon Thing uh, on both Instagram and Twitter, and I'm at Mark Bylock, M-A-R-K-B-Y-L-O-K. And please do visit the website, whiskey.buzz, that's W-H-S-K-Y dot buzz. Or you can just go to whiskeybuzz.net and spell it with an I and an E and however else you want, it'll get to the right place. Um, If you do go to the website, I did review the Gooderham's uh, Centennial Whiskey that was released in 1967. It is a fantastic whiskey. I loved writing about it. It's It's always fun to taste a whiskey that you enjoy the story of and it's not frequently told so um do enjoy that uh please do follow us and um remember that there is still a contest going on i I am going to end this contest soon but uh if you buy a copy of my book and you hashtag it with the whiskey cabinet uh with an e or without an e um you will get to pick a topic jamie and i will talk about um i was gonna actually this was to end this week but uh jamie and i couldn't get together to the podcast she was traveling um and we uh were Pretty, uh, pretty booked, as I said. So we'll probably let this go for a couple of more weeks before we, uh, we, we pick a top topic and go forward. Um, so thank you guys for listening. We really appreciate your support and we'll talk to you next week.